I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen... Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You've joined us for a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time listening, let me break down what the show is all about. This is the show that dives into the catalogue and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. And we do it one track at a time. He's the Brian Johnson to my Bon Scott, the Blaze Bailey to my Bruce Dickinson, the David Lee Roth to my Sammy Hagar. You know him, you love him. He's the hardest hardest working man in podcasting. How's it going tonight, Corey Morissette? I'm bringing you back in. Even though you're trying to sit in the background, you got to say a few words, my friend. I wasn't prepared for that. I'm just, I'm not here, Kevin, for crying out loud. I'm you are here. here. I'm the wizard tonight. I'm just I'm moving the puppet strings from well, we behind should... the scenes. I just wanted to you to sort of give a little bit of intro here. Of why the hell am I introducing and the podcast will rock? What the fuck is going on? Fill us in. Because Mark Kamire is Mark Kamire. That's why. <laughs> and about two hours before we were going to go record tonight, uh, with our special guests uh, from the Bogus Loader show, uh, Darren and Brent, who are all lined up for a week to come on the show. They were very excited. Mark messaged me and says, oh, right, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. My family just showed up. I can't record tonight. So I'm like, great. What what the fuck do we do now? We need a show to drop. So I thought of, uh, we, we thought of a couple things kicking around. And actually, it was uh, the illustrious, the brilliant Scott Monroe, who suggested that the patrons do something. Like, you know what? Just... You guys take the show. This will be your show here tonight. I put the call out for any of our patrons who wanted to come on. Uh, I said, I'll recreate the original wheel uh, with 131 songs on it that we started with way back when. So you can spend any damn cut you like here tonight. If you decide uh, you want to mulligan it, if it's a song we haven't done yet and you want to wait, uh, but we're hoping for kind of a revisited show here with whatever you guys spin and you guys just run the show. Unfortunately, uh, Kevin Brown doesn't have much of a life and agreed to come on. And there's Heath McCoy. Whatever hey, happened to Heath Murphy? He's in the hey. corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, well, we said we've got Keith McCoy's on the line. We've got David Lee Smith. We've got uh, Michael Triplett. We've got Ryan Powell. We've got Scott Monroe, I see there. And we've got Nate from the Deep Purple podcast, and more uh, deep dive podcast and royalty. And, of course, we've got Chaz from almost every other show um, on the Deep Dive podcast that Corey and I don't do. So welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Haskins. Haskins messaging, is he? Okay. Oh, God. How's everyone doing tonight? We've got lurkers doing great. How are you? Very, very Not well. Much. I guess just, just you're all fired up, night. man. I'm pumped. Excited to be on the show. We got to see what we get. Um, manifestations. We should do. Or is there any news from the uh, from the news desk, Corey? Did you want to go into that any of that, or should we let other people sort of join in and, and stomp about on that? You know, we're we're going to be talking next week with the Bogus Otis boys about the Sammy stuff. If you guys want to kick it around for a little bit too, you guys go right ahead. It's your show. I'm not even here. I'm just here to spin the wheel and play a tune. You guys do what you want to do. Well, let's by quick show of hands. Who thinks that David Lee Roth will join Sammy Hagar on the upcoming tour? Woohoo! I see no hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not he'll, he'll, he'll do it for a show, and it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have faith! Come on, it's kumbaya. I think, I, think, uh, I think Sammy's little invitation uh, on the I think it was on the Howard Stern show was obviously you know. It was just Sammy being the hype man. I mean, he had, yeah. it, you know, he walked it back. He had no intention of having uh, Dave Dave come on the show, come on a show. And I don't think I don't think Roth would do it in a million years. No. Either, you know, it's so funny, right? Because you, you know, everyone's watching this from the outside, and as soon as it happens, you're like, "Oh God, here we go." And Dave answers, and you think, "Would you two just grow up?" They're both like, he's got, well, you're 70 odd years old, you're 60, just get over it already. You know? I, I really do. All Dave said, Dave called him on his bluff, basically, yeah. and Sammy yeah. started slinging mud again. Like th- this whole idea <laughs> of Sammy as the, as the, the, the Mr. Nice Guy rocker, it's just, it's just not a reality. You know, he's, he's been, sl- <laughs> he's been, he's been taking his digs forever. And I, I think, and this, this just showed it. I mean, Dave just called him on it. I don't, and I think if Dave did go on, I think it'd be the worst possible thing for him too, because he, you know, he can't do it anymore. He would, he would, he would look terrible, and he probably deep down he must know that. I don't know. That yeah, but they should all to... get together on the Howard Stern show and talk it out. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> that that pains us to say that, right? I'm, I mean, I'm a buoy. as much as much <laughs> I would, as much I would. I mean, personally, as I think, I think I wouldn't be shocked if it says if we said as much. We would love to see it happen. I yeah. knew that was coming. Yeah, no surprise. I think I think Sammy just threw that out there, uh, recognizing the potential bad optics of doing a Van Halen tour without you know members of Van Halen, without Al's blessing or or whatever else. And I think mm-hmm. primarily it was like, hey, I want Al to come out. Like you know, bottom of my heart, I'd love to invite you out to kind of make it a little bit more um uh, a, a little bit more authentic um and of course he threw david lee roth in there and as like kind of the olive branch of like yeah sure we want this to be like this this big you know like let's put this tr- tribute together but i think it was kind of a bluff i don't think he wanted david lee roth there i'm sure he would love to have <laughs> al play play some songs with him and if if he took him up on that he would he would absolutely take him up on that but well- and I think if you look back to what uh, Sammy said too, I mean, uh, he he made it a point to point out once again uh, he doesn't like singing "Jump," and uh, he has you know the fans sing along to that. I I think in his mind he was thinking, okay, maybe Dave will show up for a show or two and sing "Jump" and uh, leave it at that. You know yeah. that that's not the same thing as touring with Sammy. Right. 
I, I think I think this idea that that Sammy's you know he's doing this for the fans too. I think I mean he is he's doing it for the fans in a way, and the fans are gonna his fans are gonna love this. That Van Hagar fans are gonna love this. It'd be a great show. But I think he's doing the reason real reason he's doing this is for his, his is to solidify his legacy in Van Halen because he knows damn well that the Roth version of Van Halen is more revered. It's more respected by the by the great deal of fans, I think, and it's more revered by critics. And I think he wants to kind of put you know put his you know assert his flag there that there's you know that he's every bit as or he's even the superior singer of Van Halen because if the two of them got on stage now, I mean, it, Roth would look terrible, and Sammy still is comes off great, right? So, I think it's a legacy thing more than a this is for the fans thing. But do you think? I mean, wouldn't you say though that that time's probably passed? I mean, legacy. I mean, if you've not built your legacy after four albums and countless tours and a couple of reunions, I, I don't know whether I don't know what he gains from this. If that is what he's what he's trying to do, you know. Well, I think I mean, look at the way even Van Halen kind of put put a put a thumb on the legacy for a long time there. Like only now are they did they do the remasters of the Sammy stuff when when they got back with Dave in two thousand seven. Yeah. I think they actually tried to bury the Sam the Sammy stuff, and and so I think it's I think he, it's really he's really wanted to you know you know push like I was a part of Van Halen, I was a part of their major era too, a major era, and I and you know. I, I'm not second fiddle to Roth and I want my yeah. stuff to to be up there in the pantheon as well. I think that's what it's all about. It could well be. I think all these guys are working on legacy now. And you even you look at what Paul McCartney's been doing over the past couple of years. If there's anyone that doesn't have to worry about a legacy, it's Paul McCartney. And he can't stop and he's 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 been working on so much stuff, whether it's these photo books or reworking old songs and you do doing the final Beatles song and the get back thing. I mean, he's just, um, I guess when you're of that level of talent and fame, all you can worry about at this point in your life is legacy. Legacy is a funny thing. Like I, I, yeah, like Mark McCartney, what does this man have to prove? Right. But I think (laughs) for years, actually he was, he was, I mean, it's come around now, I think, but for years and years, a lot of people thought like he was, you know, McCartney was the pop, candy ass side of the Beatles and Lennon was the real Beatles. Lennon was the rocker. And so I actually think McCartney has sort of thought that he had a legacy to preserve and to protect and and get out there as well. I think even a guy of his stature, I think thought that he needs to put his legacy that he was just as important to the Beatles as, uh, as, um, as Lennon. And I kind of think that's what Sammy's doing with, with Van Halen in, in a lot of ways. Well, I think don't rule out too the fact that I think McCartney especially does it because he just loves it. Like he yeah. loves playing those songs, right? Because he, like you said, he doesn't need the money. And yeah. Sammy's not doing this for the money because he's he makes way more money off all his his other stuff. So I think it's just that love of getting up and performing. And when it's that, and I mean, it is going to be a great show. Everyone knows it's going to be a great show. And Satriani is going to be great. Is yeah. he Van Halen? Is he Eddie Van Halen? Of course, he's not. He's not going to try to be Eddie Van Halen. But they're going to put on a fantastic show, and they're going to have a lot of fun. And everyone's going to have a lot of fun. And they've said like there there are people probably going to join him for one show here and there in different cities, which is just fantastic for the fans. You know, it's just you wish that this little bit of silliness at the start didn't happen because it's going to sour it for a few people. You know. Yeah. Well. To your point, McCartney's out there doing this stuff because it is who he is and it's what he does. And he was just quoted by Getty Lee, uh, who finally met him after all these years. <laughs> Paul said, I never got to meet anybody in Rush. And so uh, at Getty and Alex were together and they were able to get together with Paul and get loaded with Paul, apparently, and have a really good time. And, and in fact, if Rush comes back, 
uh, if they do something, we can thank Paul McCartney. That's what was being attributed in this article. Um, But Paul said, you know, the reason you do it is because this is who we are and what we do. And this is what we do. And and I think Ringo, uh, it was even kind of quoted the same way. You know, he's out there, he's 80 years old. And he's still, I saw clips of him last week. He looks incredible and they're still putting on a wonderful show. Right. So this is uh, in their DNA. Right. So I think you'll see all these guys back. Legacy is important. You're right. And I think I thought Sammy was coming from the right place to get out there and do it based on the interviews, based on, you know, the he's been sharing him and Mikey, you know, getting really, you know, all teary eyed and sincere. And, you know, uh, their regrets about the Van Halen relationship and where things ended and where things could have gone. Right. And all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I think at this point, though, with uh, the shit we saw today, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all showbiz baby it's showbiz sammy is the red rocker yes very competitive always will be now welcome to the show late that's minus five brownie points eric sandwich how are you doing tonight hey Woo. hey what's hey. up guys <laughs> what do we got here look at this where's where's cory where's mark you know are they uh cory is just hiding He's, he's just being yeah. the producer tonight. He's, he's kind of handed this off and, and landed me with it, uh, which is a lot of fun. And Mark oh, cool. is is engaged with his um, with his in-laws, who he forgot were coming in for Thanksgiving. Ah, so, uh, And I've mentioned gotcha. it on his part. So. Gotcha. Just to make sure, is my mic working? Absolutely perfect. Because last time they did it on StreamYard. And as you watch on, on YouTube, I'm here with the headphones on, talking into the microphone. And it didn't go through. So just want to oh. make sure. StreamYard is, I don't know to change the setting so i just wanted to, I wanted to give you i wanted to give what you a week one, huh i wanted to give you one guess but <laughs> yeah what, what, what were we talking about when you joined the call <laughs> <clears throat> you're probably were you talking about mandabala david lee's uh song mandabala you guessed That's it. big news <laughs> we were <Man>. not <laughs> yeah what a week wow holy shit <clears throat> yeah this is crazy you know i gotta read you guys maybe you already talked about it did you read nuno's comments no, no, not yet. No. Okay, so we'll, we'll yet. get to that. That's not up on the desk, but maybe we'll put that up. But man, yeah, an exclusive. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. Uh, when did we get Dave sent us the quote yesterday? So yeah, so I'm on the highway <laughs> and I'm stuck in traffic. In my text, I see the text from Jeff Hausman, Vanilla News Desk. He's the publisher, and he says, "Hey, Eric, can you put an article up?" I said, "Well, yeah." You know, I called him, stuck in traffic, so. I call him. I said, yeah, but I'm, you know, it's going to be a little while. He said, well, he said, Roth, his publicist just, just sent us a, a quote. So I said, okay, what did he have to say? <laughs> <laughs> and it was short and sweet, you know? Ooh, so yeah. it was, so it was funny though. Jeff and I are, I'm literally stuck in traffic. Jeff and I are just going over what the headlines going to be. And so I finally get home and I, I didn't even take my jacket off. I just like sat down here and I just started, you know, I had Jeff on the phone with me. He's like, okay, so what are we going to do? Hold on. Read that back again. To Okay. So well, hold on. Let's change. Let's put the top, move that down. Here. Okay. Dave's quote's going <laughs> to, it was like fucking crazy. It was like surreal. you know. <laughs> and then like within 30 minutes, I put that article up here from my apartment. And then within 30 minutes, it's like fucking viral. It's on ultimate classic rock and all those. Oh yeah. So yeah. Jeff and I were laughing and, you know, it was on Yahoo today. And it was funny because they said uh, Van Halen News has pressed Roth for a comment. So we got a comment. I, I said, Jeff, I guess we pressed Dave for a comment. <laughs> Is that unusual, though, that for him or Sammy or whomever to go to the news desk rather than just going through their own well, social Dave, media channels? Because Dave will go through us. Okay. Dave goes through us, which is so cool. His publicist will reach out. 
And this has happened before. Sammy doesn't. I mean, I'm sure Sammy would talk to us. Michael Anthony's been really cool with the desk. I mean, he had a, there's a great interview that Jeff did with him years ago. And Michael Anthony's like a super nice guy, you know, friends with Jeff and all that shit. But no, Sammy doesn't. I mean, not that he wouldn't. Uh, but that would be cool if we can get Sammy to talk to. Yeah. But uh, Sammy likes to talk. And he, I think he talked a little too much, but he, he doesn't care. I mean, he just says what's on his mind, and then he's just, you know, he, I don't know if he backtracked today, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys even think that Dave will show? No. Will, will this even happen? No, I don't. I and what was Dave's motive? Is Dave just playing a little chess game with Sammy? Yeah, I think he was calling him on his bullshit. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. per, I mean, I said this earlier. As personally, I, we would love to see that, but objectively, it ain't gonna happen. We knew well, that was coming. The problem I would see in that is that uh, you know, like if, if Dave's not with with his, his ego, he's not going up for a song or two. No, no I mean, no. you know, that's not gonna. No. No, but let's just let's just say that that were to be the case, and he decides to do that that shit won't come to fruition because then it'll just be like Dave making demands and then he go back and forth. And then Sam, Sam just like, I'm out, man. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they've been I, there, I just, been there done seen... that, right? They've been there, done yeah, that. Yeah. Why would you go back? It did not well, work. It's not going to work now. So yeah. that's what Sammy was saying today. Right. So if anything, it was a clarifying where, where he was coming from. <laughs> yeah. Come up for a song right, or right, two right. motherfucker, but that's about it. That's what <laughs> yeah. he said. He, I think, he doesn't right? want the Sam and Dave tour around too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he never very clear. Yeah, I don't think he ever said word for word, you know, Dave's welcome to no. to co-headline with me. So I think he was clarifying that. But this whole thing of, like, if Dave can remember the words, like, what the fuck are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> well, he has to swing the mud all the time. Like, it's yeah. a sucker punch. So, yes. I mean, in fairness, he's been forgetting the words since the very first tour. <laughs> I so. forgot the fucking words. That's you think that's actually in the script, right? Oh my Do you God. think he was referring to that? Was that friendly? <laughs> totally. I don't, I don't know. You think? Ah, I, thought just made, I thought he was just making a Dave's crazy and hasn't, you know, he just hasn't been out there enough and he's going to forget, you know what I mean? Like taking a shot at him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I'm a, like I, I love Roth. I'm a, I'm from the Roth, oh, but even if, even same if, here. Here. even if, yep. even if Dave, they could play nice and Dave was actually going to do it and he was actually welcome on stage and they weren't just there to, you know, rip each other's heads off. I, I would, I hope Dave, doesn't do it because David can't do it anymore, right? Yeah. Like he's like he's just gonna look, he'll look terrible next to set next. Right. Even if he's singing one of his own, you know, he will he wouldn't sing a Sammy song. But even if if he was singing one of his own songs, yeah, he'd look bad. And he and he would never do it because he'd be on Sam's turf, and he'd be. I think they'd be trying to cut each other's heads somehow. You know, David be trying to sabotage the show. Sammy be trying to show up. <laughs> David, it would be a disaster. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that it does me, I don't enjoy saying that, but I agree. You know, I mean, Dave, look, he's, he's put in his, his time man. he put it all out there for the mm -hmm. fans for so long, his vocals. I don't know. You know, you want to see, maybe he didn't take care of his voice, you know? Okay. But physically he put it all out there. So now, you know, he can't, he can't do the things he used to do physically. He's yeah. still got that cocky strut and he's still Dave. Um, but yeah, the voice, you know, it's strange because in the mid nineties, his voice kind of went strange there with your filthy little mouth. And then he, he's like, he got a back for the most part for, for Oh seven. Yeah. He did. I think, yeah. And I remember 99 from 99 up until 2007, I think he was just basically rehearsing 
you know, getting paid to rehearse, just going out on those tours. And he was playing mostly Van Halen sets because he was getting ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he kind of got it back. I mean, that 07 tour, he sounded great, but then he just went back to, you know, singing out of his range and all that stuff. And yeah. And I mean, he's just increasingly yeah. deranged too. Like who knows oh, what yeah, would I mean, happen on stage. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't look good. He wouldn't come think, off. I think though, the part of this too, one of the part of this problem, because the Howard Stern show is live, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. there's a problem you can't edit because you know I bet you if that wasn't a live show, um, Sam says, "Hey, you know what? Just take that bit out. That was off the cuff. I was just riffing. I was just being stupid. Don't put that in because it's just going to cause problems." It's one of those things where on a live show like that you get caught, and I think that that's where I think Eric and I maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I think I read that Nuno was saying something about you know Sam shouldn't have put Satriani on the spot for Main right. Street when he just clearly doesn't know it yet. Like he hasn't. Learned yeah, it. And, and then and then people yeah. jump on on Joe saying that he you know he, he's saying that it's a possible play and someone just shows themselves playing it's like oh yeah but yeah you've learned that you spent thousands of hours learning that song Joe Satriani's been you know what writing and learning his own songs for his own tours so he's Joe Satriani the guy can play like get off his back yeah well I yeah, think, I think I, yeah. Satriani's gonna I think he's gonna do just fine I think he's gonna oh. master that but yeah. but I just think that um, this is why Nuno was kind of pissed at Sammy um, I can get to Nuno's quote but. Kevin, I don't think Sammy's the type of guy that would even, he doesn't edit himself. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not worried. He doesn't yeah. care. No, like, he he'll, doesn't he'll care. just say what comes to mind. Yep. And well, um, he's just not worried. He's not concerned with, it. I mean, he takes shots at Dave. He did, but um, he's not the type that would do that. I think I just don't think, I mean, he's just that type of person. He just says whatever, <laughs> uh, whatever's on his mind. Even the book, you know, I mean, he regrets uh, writing some of the things that he wrote about Eddie in that book. And even you heard him on Stern saying, if I had known Ed was that sick in 04, I wouldn't have been so, you know, yeah, I don't know, whatever words he used, but he wouldn't have been such a, you know, prick or just, you know, been so yeah, yeah. cruel yeah. or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's Sammy. Sammy's well, not worried at this point. At his age and the money he's got, he's not worried. Right. He's got one one thing to keep in mind about, about the, the Mean Street and and the Joe Satriani on on right. the Stern show, is Sammy didn't throw him under the bus with that. In fact, Sammy wanted to talk about fifty one fifty. That was the riff he wanted to talk about. Right. It yeah. was Joe Satriani that brought up. Oh no, no, check this one out. And I almost think that Sammy was annoyed that he pulled in something that was from the Dave era, not <laughs> the thing he wanted to focus on. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a good point. So honestly, I think. I mean, I think it was Joe. It, it was just infectious, like we're talking about the hardest riffs and like, check this out. Like yeah. this is so hard. And he, so it was his own thing. He was just like caught up in the moment and kind of regretted it afterwards just for the kind of shit he got for it. But yeah, but yeah no, not Sammy that's throwing a good point. Parts. It is a good yeah. point. Yeah. He, he didn't, he didn't say, Hey, go ahead and play mean street. I think though, we all just, we're all, I, I suspect that we're probably all Satriani fans. And what I did like oh, about yeah. that though, was that you've got a guy there who is at the top table, but wasn't afraid to show himself. Right. That's, that's the other point. Pretty well, cool, exactly. You know? I mean, it, so these people that don't get it, that what he was doing is just being a guitar player and saying, hey, check this out and just yeah. playing his guitar, um, you know, just don't fucking get it. I mean, I can't understand that that's a controversy, quite frankly. It's what weird, he did, right? what he could yeah. or couldn't do, on spot or not, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, you pick up the guitar and go play Mean Street. Go ahead. That's what Jeff <laughs> With the camera's said. rolling. Yeah, right? Jeff Hausman said, he goes, I can't believe this is like turned into this big deal. Right? Could, I mean, did come not on. see that coming. Yeah. It's so bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Satriani, I think, is pretty much 
he's he's clearly he's been around a long time i think he's comfortable enough he's in his own skin to be like he's okay with it but yeah. i would think he's a little like he's probably a little bummed and and even sammy had a had a tweet i think the next day which pretty much made it clear that he he was aware of the the backlash because he tweeted out something about like you know we we still have we're still going to be rehearsing or there was not not he he made it clear we could try to find it but he was just trying to make it very clear that, that there was no uh, rehearsing yeah. done and don't worry about it things are going to be much better that was right, basically right. like reassuring the fans yeah here's nuno's quote he was on um the jeremy white show which is a great podcast um jeremy white asked him about uh satch's playing on mean street so here we go you guys ready for the quote this is from nuno and nuno tells it like it is too <laughs> Here's Nuno. The one thing that I learned recently of seeing Joe or anybody, me, Joe, anybody, if we're going to take a risk and we're going to play on, play an Edward anything, especially on Howard Stern or anything like that, where you can, where you know you can't get it back, good luck. That's all I'm saying is good luck. Why? Because you're going now into hallowed ground. And then he later says, so look, you've got to give Joe a bit of a pass on this one because it's Joe doing Edward. I'm more pissed at Sammy for allowing him to do it. Because Sammy's like, man, that's why I got Joe. Nobody can do this stuff. And I'm like, look, you're right there. You're already putting him on the spot and doing those things and asking people to play those things. It's really difficult. And if you're going to do it, man, and Joe probably knows this now because Joe is untouchable as Joe Satriani. He's the greatest Joe Satriani you'll ever hear. Nobody can attack you. Nobody can attack you when you're doing you. And then he goes on to say, let's see. And Sam said, he's like, yeah, that's why I got Joe. He's going to nail it for you right here. And even Joe was like, no, man, this shit is fucking impossible. If I'm saying those words, I'm not playing after that. If I'm saying it's impossible for me, the next thing I'm doing is putting the fucking guitar down. But he apologized because you know what? Everybody will rip you apart. And then he, the final quote is to learn something like Mean Street, you've got to sit down, you've got to go like what I did. You literally sit there like a child, and I don't care how good you are. It's kind of going back to the drawing board because you're like, oh, this is different. What is happening here? This rhythm pattern, and you're like, oh, my God, he's drumming. Got it. Get that. Do I play <laughs> drums? No, don't play Mean Street. Don't do it. That was his quote. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in other about. words, Nuno knows enough to know he shouldn't have done it because, you know, right. it sounds like Nuno could have sat down and just fucking done it. Sounds, sounds like, like he's kind of heard. studied it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds like so. he's learned it, though, behind before. <laughs> what I'm getting from that is I, I've actually have sat down and tried to figure this out because oh, yeah. it is such a weird technique. It doesn't, nothing sounds like that. No one plays something like that, right? You know, you do yeah. get these, someone had posted a, a video of them playing it, some 17 year old. It's like, yeah, but you you probably don't even, you don't have a girlfriend, you don't have a car, you've never been outside <laughs> your mum's basement for the last 18 months, so <laughs> on balance, you should be able to play that well if that's all you've done yep. for the last 18 months. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I was going to add something else. Now I can't remember. Uh, oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Satrini was, he was already nervous when he was supposed to do the tribute with Dave and Al. I remember him saying he was he, he was really nervous at that time. Yeah. He was like scared shitless because he's like, I got to go through all this back catalog. I got to figure this stuff out. So maybe he was nervous too. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? Flying yeah. the Blue Dream. It's my favorite Satch album. Well, Wolfgang was actually just talking about yeah. the same thing when he did the tribute um, uh, with the with Foo Fighters yeah. um, and played Van Halen. He, how he was saying how absolutely nervous he was because yeah. he knew 
if he didn't play it perfect, he was going to get ripped to shreds. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the same exact thing. And I think that's what Nuno is referring to. It's hollow ground and, you know, yeah. it's, it's a minefield. If, if he screws it up, you know, it's just going to be nothing but a, a barrage of criticism. Yeah. And, and Wolfie didn't try a mean street intro. So I don't know if he could do it, you know, but it just shows you how great Eddie is. Yeah. If Joe Satriani is having difficulty. I, mean, I, well, I think that was like the ultimate respect, honestly, from, you know, Joe is like, he was talking yes. about like, how crazy is this? This is impossible. Yeah. Let yeah. me show you how impossible this is. Yeah. Like, like one of the great guitarists of, of an era and yeah. saying, yeah, and, and this is Ed on a whole other level. Yeah. Well, no matter how he does it, I mean, he's good. He's going to practice all he can. I'm sure he can get the proper technique down. I mean, for someone as skilled as he is, he's going to get the actual technique down, but you know, but he's still going to catch some fly because, you know, he's doing, uh, he's not, he's not Eddie. And Hey, even if Nuno does something like that, he's, he's, he would get some fly because he's, you know, people are going to say he's not Eddie. Yeah. And do you want to do it? No, for no, do you want to do it like paint by numbers? I mean, Joe Satriani's not, some jerk off, you know, <laughs> from some tribute yeah. band or whatever. I mean, he's, he's Joe Satriani. So he might, That's... he might mix a little bit of like, you know, doing it like Eddie, but also you're going to hear, you're going to hear Satriani sound. But I mean, having said that he did 5150 really good. He did, um, right. Summer nights. He did pretty good. I mean, it was sounded good. I mean, I got a little bit of the goosebumps when I was listening to hearing those songs, you know? Yeah. Well, like, like, okay. I said, well, I just, I, to just to kind of finish off this because we do we we are going to be spinning the wheel tonight, gentlemen. Just oh, by a quick right. show of hands, I'm wondering who has tickets for the tour. Has anyone Me, got yet. tickets to go? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I'm going to get them. Yeah. No. I'm going to get them. Our our absent host does. He's going to Toronto. Right. To see them. Um, I'm not because that's a really long way to go, and I just um, Corey's way richer than I am. You know, he's got podcast millions that I just don't have. All these patrons, so, you know. all the Patreon people. So I live I live vicariously through him. So let's do some um, manifestations. We've got a full wheel. 23 um, songs left, we're, we're, right? We're, we're, doing the no. whole, we're doing the whole wheel oh, tonight. This is a... Oh, cool. It's a, re, it's a yeah. respin, so we could get cool. something we haven't had. We could get an absolute clanger that we don't want to talk about, um, oh, or we yeah. could get a classic. So let's go around. David Lee Smith, what are you manifesting for tonight's wheel? Oh, geez. Well, the one on the uh, actual uh, wheel that the songs that they did not pick, I was one to at least, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Bullethead or... Um, the trouble would never, but hey, I could probably skip through those. I mean, or you know, stick with those because um, you, you know what? Why not? I'll just go and stick with those. Why not? Bullethead or the trouble with never. Perfect, Nate. What are you hoping to listen to tonight? I'm thinking, uh, light up the sky. Oh, going back early. Okay. Yeah. Michael, how about you? I think it'd be fun to have in the cradle rock, but. It's funny that he said, uh, light up the sky. That's one of my favorites. Absolute favorites. See, well, if, if, if we got a double manifestation, then you can guarantee that you're not going to get it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> why I don't want to say it. For sure. <laughs> I'd love to say it, but I'm not. <laughs> what are you looking for, Chaz? You're I'll, say it, I'll say it in English. We'll go with spanked. I figured. <laughs> the, the agents of chaos. Ryan Powell. <laughs> what are you looking for, Ryan? Oh man, uh, I don't know if my voice is strong enough tonight uh, to to throw down with some Van Halen three and and defend its honor. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I would I would have absolutely loved to spin uh, right now when I was on because I'd love to talk about that one and the complexities there. So since we're uh, revisiting things, I'll go with right now. Nice, Scott Monroe. 
How about you, sir? Yeah, when I thought this was going to be a normal show, I was going with humans being, but um, I think it would be fun to go way back to the beginning and do Running with the Devil. Nice. Okay. Because that was the kickoff. Absolutely. Heath McCoy, you're going to be picking obviously something from OU812, I'm going to guess. Of course. Yeah. When it's love. No. Uh, full bug. The full bug. The full bug. Okay. Hey, Good all choice. right. Good yeah, choice. Good tune. On late here. Eric, how about you, sir? Still looking through. I'm going to Van Halen discography and just going through each. Maybe I'll pick something from. Yeah, Cabo Wabo, I know. See, I'm thinking of a song that I haven't picked. Before, uh, I'm thinking Van Halen 2, maybe. How about, uh, oh, um, Out of Love Again. Nice. Interesting choice. Two. Yeah. So, Corey, I'm going to get you back in very quickly, or you can just text me your answer. What do you want to listen to tonight as the erstwhile host of the show? I'm I'm seeing three dots here on my messenger, so I think he's... Corey just emailed me. He just messaged me and said, Scott wants Sunday oh. afternoon in the park. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to manifest a song just out of, out of nastiness and spite. I'm going to manif- manifest Amsterdam just because Mark's not here. And then so we won't get, <laughs> we won't get either of them. So, you know. <laughs> nice. nice. Corey's, Corey's playing some, some game theory here. He wants to do spanked. He says spanked so I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This doesn't count. This Because this is a... So we would have to do this again. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? I, I would totally pull a mulligan for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to decide on the mulligan because we could be here all night. Either this goes, depending on how this goes. So... <laughs> Well, you know what? Why don't we spin up the wheel, Corey? Get that thing spinning around and let's see what we get tonight. Kevin, how many times do you want to shuffle? <laughs> well, we've got we got ten people on the call, including yourself. Let's go ten. All right. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There we go. There we go. Here we go. Oh, yes. oh, here we go. Deja vu. It's a oh, recent one. Oh, wow. Okay. Do we want to keep this one? That's the first question. Is there any mulligans? Do we want to keep this oh, one? Oh, I'd like to it. Again. We like it really deep. recently. Deep. We got to go, go deep. Deeper, yeah. Let's spin again. Deep track. Go. Here we go. Oh. From three, <laughs> Mulligan. Mulligan. Ah, uh, yeah. Not that deep. Not that deep. No. <laughs> That's again. actually the one Not song <laughs> I can defend from that album. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably, I, I probably could as well. In all fairness, yeah. but we don't need to go there. No, because they haven't the... spun this yet, have they? I don't. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they did. No, they did. Have done without you. Okay, Josephina's yeah. the last. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, this is the last one. We've had two mulligans. Okay. We're gonna live and uh, die by the sword. The next spin, we get whatever we get, get now, boys. Good times to jar, man. This is how many say I. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was oh called. God, are it you was kidding called. me? 
Are you kidding me, Corey? You did that, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, (laughs) that's someone named Scott Haskin. Scott Haskin, please stand up. Yeah, Scott Haskin. (laughs) Scott Haskin, you're being moved into. Out of the lurker room, please. Oh, man. (laughs) Someone send that man the link. He's got to come in and host. (laughs) Okay, boys, you know the rules. No talking over the top of the music. If you can, raise your hand, and then Corey will see you, and we'll stop the song at an appropriate point. And we can talk about what you're hearing. Corey, should we fire this thing up? There's some reverb cymbals. on those drums, eh? Yeah, I love the drums, it. The drums and cymbals are just so heavy yeah. reverb. Like, they sound massive. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Takes power, Scott Haskin. Takes yeah, Scott Haskin, you know, <laughs> manifested Sunday afternoon in the park, got it, and now he's gloating. He's basking in the glow of what he's done, so. He's called his I, shots. I can totally see this. I mean, this is Ed messing with these new sounds on the synth, yeah. and like, hey, check this out, Al. And Al just like, oh, that's kind of cool, and just starts throwing down a beat, and you can just totally see this is just exactly how this this came to be. Um, I, it, it's just really fun to to kind of listen to them just kind of riffing off of each other, and you can also see the the early, you know, like what led to 1984. The the way that the the notes are bending is exactly like 1984 starts, just with a different synth sound. So this yeah. is sort of him trying a whole bunch of stuff out with his brother. And here's a question that one of you might know. Which came first, Fair Warning or Escape from New York? Because that sure as hell sounds a lot I, like a lot of the music in Escape from New York. I was York. thinking John John Carpenter vibes yeah. on this for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that 81, 82, <laughs> Escape from New York? I think it was around 81, so around the same time. Oh, yeah, it was 81. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's that's true. That's very Escape from New York vibes. I the thing. That's that's Carpenter's. Yeah. Well, Halloween is his best, but the thing is great. I I once read, I, I think I read somewhere that he wrote Sunday Afternoon in the Park, and it was a reflection of of the like the pre wedding jitters. He was yeah, he was getting yeah. there. Valerie's. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that guy was, was. Really, that guy really freaked yeah. out about getting married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that, that's basically what was going through his head. <laughs> Scott Scott Haskins says the working title was I bought an ARP Odyssey. (laughs) (laughs) That album cover is still just, it's just so so badass. That one picture of, I mean, it's like one dude just pummeling some guy's heads on the ground. And that artist was like severely like mentally ill, like depression. I forget his name. No kidding. That's what, (laughs) those are the thoughts going on in his head. Yeah, that that cover looks like one of those things where they do an artist like this is what an artist looks like on heroin. This is what one looks like on PCP. <laughs> yeah, it looks That's like great. One of those examples. Nice. I, I I love that album cover so much, but I but it's it's there it's it is. 
but it's not pleasing to the eye. And I remember when I was a no. kid, I discovered Van Halen when 1984 came out and I was gradually buying up all the albums. And I remember Fair Warning was the last one I bought because <laughs> I just thought I, it just looked bad. <laughs> yeah. Humbling the guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, should I... Easy. Should Much I be like saying this? But a lot of time, Corey e emails me saying, "You know, my I feel like you know I'm having these thoughts of the fair warning cover." <laughs> I think he was. I didn't. I don't think he wanted me to get that out there. I said, Corey, you need to talk to somebody. Is, well, it's the little, it's the little guy that's pointing that freaks me out. Those eyes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh. That that guy that's pointing reflects society today. He's like those guys that are yeah. like, "Hey, there's a fight going on. Let's get our phones and record this stuff. Let's do it now." Yeah, right, right, exactly. Reflects, yeah. reflects society. Yeah, I yeah, put who... that picture up on my wall. Current mood, and then you know, put... <laughs> <laughs> who knew Ed was that angry? You know, complaint department. <laughs> he was always he was always smiling, and everything seemed like really cool because every time he was on stage, he was happy. But he was <laughs> he was pissed off at Dave and Templeman. You know, it's like, just let me do what I got to do, man. I got all these ideas. No, you're a guitar player, kid. Remember that when he said, uh, he said Dave wouldn't let him play keyboards. Mm -hmm. You're a guitar <laughs> hero, kid. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Fair hey, let's, let's go. Bottom. I was just that I love that offbeat that Alex is doing. It's such a great little it, it there's a disorienting sort of vibe oh, yeah. song. And, and Alex really a lot of it's the, the swirling synthesizers and everything, but but there's this ominous thing that Alex is doing with his foot there, and it's an offbeat, and it just it just creates this whole off-kilter thing. It's just, yeah. One of the um, things I was saying too is that it has Ed and Al's groove. It's not just when Ed's on guitar, like just listening to this groove, it's not just that they're strictly in time because anybody can play just exactly in time with each other. There's just this give and take that they have just the way Ed's accenting the notes um, on, on those riffs on the keyboard and the way Al is kind of playing off of that is just so tight, but also just so unique to them. It's just interesting that what they have as the groove translates from the guitar to when he's on the keyboard. It doesn't really matter. They're just right they are who they are. Yeah, like oh. the way he'll he'll put a, a chord out there and you get the fade. This is that decay that's coming in right at the end of that heavy accentuation. That just like it's like kicking you in the gut or punching you in the gut. You know, excellent, excellent effect. I don't really know too many bands too who were sort of you know big hard rock and party bands who would have done something avant garde like this. Yeah. Uh, around this time like i said it's a not a really a risk maybe because it's a short song on the album but it's still I, I love those bits where artists stretch out and even if it doesn't always land you appreciate okay well, we're trying to learn something different of course then they do carry this forward and we do get more since later on but i think it's like i said i mean i i, I put it last in my and when, when we did our rankings but only because I, the other songs are just better on this album but it's still a really interesting piece of music it's weird it's super freaking weird but it's really cool yeah, that then, but then 
after this, you see Dave and Templeman steering the ship back towards the pop route with Dave mm-hmm. Diver down. And then Ed, and then Ed takes takes over in the following one with 1984. It's like, yeah, I'm building my own fucking studio. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, this is a departure from from what they did. I mean, they had some darker moments on, um, you know, Women to Children first and first few albums. But this is this is different. This song sounds awesome in the headphones, by the way. Doesn't it? You got to listen to the headphones. Not really nice. Oh hell yes, yes. The closest I can yeah. think of is like. Black Sabbath would often put in those short minute and a half instrumentals, yeah. but yeah. theirs was usually the flip side, which is their music was really dark. And then they put something a little more upbeat um, on the album that you wouldn't really necessarily associate with them normally. Um, but they had some really cool creative things like that too, that you almost don't think of. And then when you listen to the album, you hear them and you say, Oh, this is actually a really cool little interlude here. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Orion on uh, master of puppets. Uh, yeah. Metallica. Oh Yes. That's, that's that's my favorite Metallica song, because James Hetfield doesn't sing. <laughs> oh, oh, boom! But that, although Orion would be an interesting template for something like this, where they actually extended it and turned it into an actual groove, where that's the yeah. backdrop, and then like now let's add guitars and add some other stuff to it, um, and yeah. see where it can go. But but yeah, I was thinking Lift too though. It, when you think about this as well, we're still in the age of albums here, when bands write albums like you're supposed to listen to the album front to back you know acdc famously never released the greatest hits because they said well our albums we wrote those albums specifically to be listened that way a modern band a modern rock band probably just would never get something like this on a record you know you imagine dragons or royal blood they just even if they tried it the company go yeah no we're not putting that on a record yeah different it's a different era different era uh who was it um who was it? Oh, Do- Dokken was talking about the new album, Dokken, where they got like five videos already done. And Don Dokken was saying that way, by the time we go to Europe next year, the album's still on people's minds or, you yeah. know, reminding people that it's still there. It's a whole different approach. You got to just spread it out. That's mm-hmm. I, well, that's why Dave, I don't think, is putting out an album. He just does those songs at a time because that's what he told Joe Rogan. He doesn't think that's it's worth doing anymore. I don't agree. I still like, like the Rolling Stones album is fucking amazing. Hackney Diamonds. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, agree. Uh, totally. Oh, yes. And, yes. you know, just to listen to a collection of songs, it's it's just like looking at a photo book. It's like a snapshot in time. And and those songs that Dave wrote, too, those are all part of a theme. It's like a musical he was working on. So I wish he would just put them all out as a collection, like him or not. But I, I think... Um, uh, What's the one? Uh, Nothing could have stopped us back then. Yeah. Anyway, that's his. That's his best one there. That's him singing in his range. I love that song. Somewhere over the Rainbow Bar and Grill. That's it's one of my one favorite too. songs. So again, yeah. this whole body, right? Wasn't it recorded. When was it? It was like two thousand seven, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he still had it. Fun. That's what you were saying earlier, right? His voice had. There had been like a resurgence in his voice, and there was yeah. strength there. And I think that material, I, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, he did it at Henson Studios with uh, John Five. And then he said, some John Five said something about they did the songs and John Five had to leave. He had to go out on tour with someone. I can't remember who, Marilyn Manson or whatever. And then Dave ran out to the parking lot and said something was wrong with it. And he had to go back and re-record all his parts. That was some story that John Five was like, oh, shit. So he's there <laughs> until like 4 a.m. I think that Dave project gets a bad rap. Like, I mean, it's, it's, 
And, but I think it was, yeah, it was meant as a concept album. And so I think if they, yeah. he presented it, 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 you put it out there as the concept, the whole thing would make sense. And it would be, right. a lot more, it's never going to be as great as Van Halen, you know, but, 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 yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's quirky. It's, it's, he's, it's his story he's telling. I, I don't, I don't mind. I think it's pretty good. He, John, he's got John five in it. I think Greg Bissonette's on some of that. It's like, he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, all, it's pretty cool. I think. Tuggle. Brett Tuggle's on there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I would have, yeah, I would have lined up to to hear that. Certainly not the Roth lives, no way. No, oh. uh, forget that yeah. shit. But uh, <laughs> that that you know, believe me, yeah. Uh. <laughs> do you, I wonder if he's doing that? A lot of times, those artists will do that just so they can uh, get the publishing, like uh, give the song to some studio for a movie. Yeah, like uh, Kiss did that on um, was it Monster or. The one Sonic Boom, they did they did like a Walmart special where it was like the second CD was all re-recordings of their classics, and Def Leppard did that too. And then you Def Leppard you, definitely you're watching yep. a movie and you're like, oh, that's uh, you know, oh, I know that song, but it's like doesn't sound like the original. <laughs> right, right. A lot it's of that's like, for copy. Area uh, 2017. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Publishing. Okay, so what about let's finish through this. Let's get through the end of the, the rest of this yeah. back half of the song, and then we can get into spinning the wheel again. Spin it again. That really in your headphones, it's it's even better. It sounds it sounds like a monster. Yeah, it sounds great. Almost a crime to stop it right there with the the way it transitions to one foot yeah. out the door. Yeah. Okay, well let's spin the wheel up again. Let's let's spin nice. it up lucky lucky seven times, Corey. Here we go. And then we'll uh we'll spin it up and see what we get. Same rule. We get two mulligans if we want them. The third one we gotta we gotta live with. <laughs> Unless it's an instrumental, because we're not doing two instrumentals. That's my only caveat. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I think we have consensus. I don't think we have a mulligan. I think we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> as long as somebody has a copy of it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I think Dave wanted to go back to game stuff. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, how about that? Dave doesn't want he's not he's not renewing the um he's not allowing the contract to be renewed. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, that we'll is crazy. Yeah, that we'll is one of his best records. Yeah. It's a it's weird a situation. Career high for him. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Is honestly. it that he didn't have creative control, complete control? No, I doubt that. It's something that it's got to be. Wish he, I wish he ego. would just at least respond though, just clear the air and say guys yeah i know wolf said that but here's the deal <laughs> yeah you know but uh yeah that was a that was a shock because i just you know he put so much work into those lyrics and i mean that was his return 
It was like, and, it, and it was glorious. Every yeah. every track on that record, you know, oh, absolutely man. return to form. Is he just bummed that it, it didn't do as well commercially as the others? I, that can't be. So I mean, am I, that, am I, am they I, had a successful old... world tour to support it. I mean, come on, yeah. right? Yeah. So am I, am I the only, I'm a take it then from the general tenor and sort of looks on people's faces. I'm the only person on the call who isn't enamored of this album front to back. Mm. Yeah. Songs on it, songs it on may it very like, well be. Yes. Yeah. I think, okay. That's if I'm in the minority, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> are you, are you missing Michael Anthony's harmonies? That's yes. One thing that's missing. You know what, honestly, honestly something about, I'm missing about... harmonies on it because yeah. Wolfie mm. did a great job on the couple songs where Dave let him do the background and it right. just, but Dave doing Dave's background vocals just doesn't make it sound like Van Halen. Mm. Heath, that was a short, that was a shortcoming for sure. I, I was just gonna say about Dave, like that. Yeah, it's it's maddening that Dave is preventing this album from coming out. But he also his own the D- D- DLR band record. It's not out there and and like right from ninety eight with that's a great record and it, sure. it speaks to his it's it does so much for his legacy uh, and why he would be just not having that come out or not pushing for that to come out. It's, it's just his decisions are, are, are beyond me. Like the man is deranged mm-hmm. these days, I think. Cause yeah, back in the day, I remember ah. he used to think like he could do no wrong. Like every decision he made, you know, it was just, he was like, he was, he was, he had the finger on the pulse and he, he was, was a golden was child. Just, just he was. So, yeah. And he knew how to work the media and he just, it was yeah. And yeah, you're right. Now it's it's just head scratching stuff. So no, just, this is sorry. Go, go a ahead. question on that, Eric. I just had a quick question on that before because we should we'll get into the song. But I wanted to ask, yeah. like a lot of times when people start becoming really erratic, especially rock stars, your first thought is, well, are they? Is it drugs? Is that started to take? Was Dave big into that stuff? Was that really an effect yeah, oh, on? Yeah. So do you no, think he, is, is some of that maybe just the long term effects of because he doesn't look good, like he looks, you know, like a fucking walnut yeah. just like a shriveled up little old man now you know yeah, um, yeah. He, so i wonder uh, if just a bit of hard living might be coming into play there oh or? yeah no he he did coke he did i mean he and it's not like it's a secret i mean he's talked yeah. about it i mean he did it with he was talking about doing it with charlie sheehan and you know i mean he did he partied hard there's no question but i don't know if that's it or if it's just that he's just so insulated you know that um yeah, yeah i mean there's nobody making decisions for him so there's nobody steering him towards somewhere, away from somewhere. He's just calling the shots. Everything's just so random and unexplainable, you know? And it's like, you used to be, a, you would say like, if he put out something, you'd be like, oh, there's a definite reason why he's doing that. Mm-hmm. There's some reason for that. He's got something planned, you know? But now, you know, he'll put something out and there's no, no announcement or anything, no forthcoming album. You know, he'll just show up on Joe Rogan because he feels. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
like Dave, Dave used to talk about in interviews, like in the early days, he used to talk about how, you know, one of his, his things was I got, you know, he, he was hyperactive kid and he, at, at, right. at dinner time, he'd be monkey hour. He'd be playing, you know, yeah. entertaining the, you know, everybody. And, uh, and then he, his whole thing was, I made monkey hour into a career. Well, I think today we call monkey hour <laughs> ADHD. And I think, and I think that, I think he's got a real, real bad. And I think, and I think he, he, um, you know, probably did not make it better with all the coke he's done and all the drugs and all the drinking he's done over the years. And I think he's he's like a an eight. He's like a person, and I have ADHD. I think he's like a person with ADHD that's not taking his meds. And yeah. he's, he's done all kinds of inadvisable things, and he's just erratic, and he's got nobody kind of controlling him either. Like there's nobody to say no. that's a bad idea. Don't do that. You know? No. Yeah. It's there's like, there's, there's yeah. no singular focused drive towards one thing. No, and and nobody could promote better than him. I used to love to watch him, you know, do interviews. And uh, do you guys ever see the rockumentary from the late '80s on Dave? It was around the skyscraper tour era. I don't know if you ever. It was on MTV. Yeah. Uh, and just the way he sold everything, it was just like everything he touched just turned to gold like he was talking about the steel drum solo on that skyscraper tour and you know the way he presents it like he believes he he's he's he buys into it like a hundred percent so you you're just like ready like you're ready like yeah man i can't wait for this shit like he what did he say he goes uh you know in, in rock and roll you 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 you, you got to take some chances. So, you know, we, we bring out the steel drums, you know, and he's, and he's all into it. He's like, and nothing socks it to you more than the steel drums. And you're just like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Nobody else has done that, but let's do it. Like the California girls, that whole thing too. Remember he used to say in the dead of winter, uh, here we come with, you know, California girls in the dead of winter. So he did a lot of things that, that were kind of similar to what he's doing now, but because he was like, he was the item of the time, you know, you can do no wrong. Everybody's going to go along with it. So the, he, that's, that's, he also, the had, a, he also had a band though, too, right? So I think a band yeah. keeps you a little bit more focused. If you do have a band, sure. you make him records sure. and you tour, and then you've got managers and people sort of on your case. Yeah. Well, well, Templeman, Templeman yeah. was steering things too, you know? Yeah. And I love but, Jeff Brew in the comments has said Dave doesn't want it played because he would rather people remember him for the six pack. Just, <laughs> that's such a burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Van Halen's a huge part of his, his life clearly, but boy, he should be fucking proud of those. They eat him and smile. And yeah, absolutely. Skyscraper. And, totally. Uh, well, listen- enough, you know, it's, it, I've been a fan of his solo work from day one. I'll, I, I've always just, whatever he put out, I'm buying, but you know, there are times you're like, oof. You know, but he's an artist. He's going to do the yeah. one thing he does. He doesn't like to do the same thing over and over again. You're just not going to get him to do that. He's not going to make the same album over and over again. He never did that with his solo, his solo career. Oh. Each album was like vastly different than the other. You know, okay. um, should we get into some Jonathan? Speaking of, yeah, but different. I want to real quick. I want to okay, tell you this. And, and this, this isn't a great story to tell, but Darren Paltrow, on DLR cast. He, uh, he's got the book coming out on Dave uh, in was it January? Yeah. Yeah. So he was saying on the last episode that he, he, you know, he's talked to somebody in the know. He couldn't give the name that, uh, that said that they were on the, the tours with, uh, with Dave and, and Wolf and that Dave treated Wolfie like shit. Oh, yeah. like he, like he just was like brutal to him and it was in front of Eddie and Eddie didn't do anything. 
that's the story. I, mm. I don't, but that, you know, that Dave was just kind of like, you didn't earn your, your place here and you fucked up that part and you got to get your shit together. And, you I know, I mean, if that's true, be. you know, wouldn't Eddie and Alex kill Dave? Like, that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That I'm happens? like, I'm like, like, I can't <laughs> even imagine Eddie standing there and seeing that and not getting in Dave's face. Like, listen, yeah. motherfucker. You want to talk yeah. about a cop? One more word I can't imagine that for one minute. No way. Yeah. So yeah, um, that we could follow up with Darren on that. But yeah, he. I remember he was talking about that. There was somebody there was on at least one of those tours and said that he was kind of rough on. He was rough on Wolf. <laughs> but I mean, he. I don't know. I mean, he. Maybe that's. Does he have an issue with the this album because Wolfie's on it? I doubt it. This is just hearsay. I, I haven't. You know, we could we could ask Darren. Okay, well, speaking, speaking of Wolf, let's, let's listen to a little bit of Wolf. Let's do it. Because he's, he's on this song. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of Wolf, the first, first thing you noted is Wolf on bass on that riff with ed in absolute unison yeah uh, just shredding the same exact thing like perfectly in sync uh i think that's such an impressive start to a song and something so different than typical van halen uh but kind of like wolf putting his stamp on it too it's like what steve Vai and billy sheehan used to do yes yes yep. yes like, yep that's what eddie wanted on hopper teacher but and i think there's a recording of him eddie on guitar and bass together and oh, then wow. they decided to nix it because they couldn't do it on tour just, just for the guitarist too though Chaz, like you listen to the timing on that lick that he's playing oh yeah, yeah he, com he comes off the time it's just like what the whoa where is this going like what are we, oh yeah yeah. You know like <laughs> follow me Hello. And, and it's weird and i can't tell you what it is so i've sat here for hours with my headphones on trying to do this <laughs> yes and then I'm, yeah. and i said okay wait a minute let me get the bass maybe i can figure it out on the bass first and like no way my god and i've watched a couple of videos online no no and, there's and, some nuance playing in this oh. and it's incredible really this is, like his dad it's Wolfie's like yeah, from yeah yes, the look of yes. look on will's face is just like yeah whatever you know on, on stage yeah. <laughs> just like his dad it's like yeah this is nothing right exactly Yeah. The lyrics. Come on. This is some of Dave's most inspired stuff. And I know that he took it from like the, the headlines, sensational headlines in the New York, New York Times York and, or the New York Post and stuff like that. But man, I mean, fodder for a great Roth song, right? Like he oh, yeah. steals lines from a from Hallmark cards, right? I mean, just the way he can string words together with that back line. My God. And then my other mm -hmm. point was is that Wolfie brings in so much of his own stuff, but he's still got that classic thundering Van Halen backline. That's right. why I was really like, wow, man, head and shoulders. Uh, this kid was just a phenomenal bass player. But oh, I love this song for so many yeah. reasons. Yeah. This, you know, 
These are some of Dave's best lyrics of his whole career on this album. Well, and this and listen to your filthy little mouth because it's very similar. He put a lot of work into the lyrics on that one. Yeah. First thing that got that got me was I'm happy that the brown sound guitar tone is back on this album. Yeah. It's it it obviously was was nowhere to be found on the Hagar era. So he completely changed his sound. I mean, I'm not trying to uh bash on eddie because i mean he had every right to chase tones or make new sounds he had every right to do that and i respect that but really that brown sound guitar tone that is the eddie that can't be topped mm-hmm. that cannot be topped which it's is why i was blown away it's like yeah man he's back the he's ferocity like back right yes and full power ferocious yeah. aggressive i mean just everything we love about his sound yeah. yes but oh yeah this brought a tear to my eye yeah. <laughs> it's one of the few songs on this album that was actually completely original. Like it wasn't. Yeah, from any yes, absolutely. Yes. Yep. And stuff. Yeah. I think it goes back to 99, 2000, 2001, maybe around there. It was one of the songs they had worked up and then uh, things fell apart with Dave at that, at that time. Um, yeah. What was the story too about that? It was like, Oh, one. And then uh, Dave wanted to, didn't want, Ah, oh, shit. What did he say? He didn't want the full songs recorded because uh, he didn't want them to get out there or get leaked or something. I can't recall. But um, yeah, they made it, it made an attempt on these. All of the originals on here, I think, were done like five, six years before. Yeah, I, I was going to say to to your point too, David, like... The With Brown Michael on bass, by the way, too. On those... It, oh, really? Yeah. So oh. that would have been interesting to hear. Mm. Huh. So when you, when you talk about the when you talk about the brown sound and that being the defining tone of Van Halen, and of course I I adore fifty one fifty. I think his guitar sounds great on it. Yeah, but it's that same thing. You know, Davey's wearing a, an SRV hat there. No, no one sounds like Stevie Ray Vaughan. No one sounds like Brian May. Yeah. No one sounds like Eddie Van Halen. No one plays like them, but no one sounds like them. And that sound yeah. is that brown sound. It's just so it's so characterful and it's so unique to Eddie because of that stupid, ugly hacked together chiseled out strat that he played right just know nothing else Frank like that. yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. i mean because that's because that's what made him that's 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 that eddie that's very distinctive if you hear that guitar tone like i know people like uh um i'm sure a lot of people i mean no doubt people were turned off with tattoo being the first single that they released during this album's life cycle but you know oh, uh... but at least you can tell if you hear that guitar tone even on tattoo that is Eddie Van Halen right yeah. there. Exactly. I love that song. It was the one of the first songs I put into my cover band set list. I was like, nice. Van Halen's back. They got this nice little tune, right? And, and you know, to Roth's point about set lists and BPMs and, you know, give something people something they can shake their hips to, right? I mean, he was really good and intuitive about that stuff. And I think there was a reason they did that. And then they came back with She's a Woman. Like, oh, wow. Thought Van Halen was back. But no, now they're yeah. even more back right i mean because that was like a almost a it was like a soft one two punch right it was like a fake and then bam right so that's that's the ali hook right well yeah yeah yeah. and and i'm i would not be surprised if that was this freaking basic approach because that's the way dave thinks Mm -hmm. he's old school like that i've so many interviews where he reveals things like that that he's really got really simple showbiz kind of truisms in his mind and that he's always been guided that way Don't mess around. 
That little woo right there, people wondered if that was taken from... It totally fucking is. Come on, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, because at that time, everybody had had the isolated Running With The Devil tracks. You think it is? It's come from somewhere. It might be an outtake or something else. There's no way Dave hits that note in in this era. Really? But not for me. Come on. I thought his voice... I mean, (laughs) you could take this song and throw it back. This is like... It was all back for these guys with this track. I mean, even his voice, it is in top form here. Yes. I, just, I just wanted to mention, though, too, because, you know, me and Heath have a nice little friendly, ongoing sort of Sammy Dave thing. <laughs> One thing that I, I definitely sort of learned to appreciate through this podcast and getting back into the Dave stuff is his phrasing and intonation, the way he drops the syllables in different places that are not where you'd expect them always. When he sings that line, you know, you painted doors of the tongue and ground, where he puts don't mess around. Yeah. That's not where you would normally put it. He doesn't put it on the one. Right. It's really good. It's and he's it's deliberate and he's thinking about that stuff. I've got a much more appreciation for him as a, a technical singer, if not like a brilliant, you know. I still think I still think Sammy's the better technical vocalist. But but on that side of it and the phrasing thing, that's just again very unique to Dave. No one else sings that way, no one sounds that way. Yeah. Um, it's you know, uh, who else but Diamond Day DLR would compare Chinatown to Shakespearean tragedies? Who else? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And actually have a point if you dig deep enough and listen. He actually yeah. makes good sense. He well, does. This is Dave just really leaning into a strong suit here. I mean, he he does this yeah. again and again where he has multi-layered lyrics that are, yeah. you know, they're criticisms in a way of of a people, of environment. And uh, if you actually listen to what he's saying, he's making some great points. Yeah. You, you, you never get this from Sammy. You know, it's a completely different thing. Um, yeah. And this is, you know, Dave back to form here lyrically for sure. Yeah, I, I, really. I mean, I, mean, I know. His, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, in terms of his voice, like I, I, um, somebody said he's at top form. I don't know if he's on top form vocally on this record. Like I hear him, I hear him, I hear older Dave voice. Not as be- not terrible like it is now, but I hear him straining in certain places. Like I, yeah. he's got. Well, when yes. He, when he's hitting those yeah. high notes, those top notes. Yes. He's not hitting them the way he used to. You well, know? He, he struggles when he says Chinatown in the chorus there. You can tell he's really straining, and that's yeah. where some back, backing harmonies would have really helped a lot. Absolutely. That's, where I, that's what I was actually going to get to because, you know, most of the time I know his his voice obviously hasn't aged well, but obviously on this song he's more like he's trying to stay in his lane. And yeah, whenever he's trying exactly. to go for – whenever he's trying to strain for those higher notes, you know, the lack of Michael Anthony on here, it makes me think that he's – he he leaned on Mikey a lot back then. So yeah. he he would he would usually take the low harmony while yeah. obviously Mike delivered the high notes. But since uh Mikey's nowhere to be found on here, um he's probably kind of you know doing that to a degree. I know that makes and that seems kind of silly, but I think he's maybe leaning on it just a bit. Just a and little think, bit, though. And you think you notice that, Heath, right? Like you said, you notice that because he's scooping the vocal rather than really hitting and punching that note. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you do have, even if you had Ed and Wolfie singing a harmony there, you wouldn't really notice that as much. So it would it would mask it a little bit and fill out the sound a bit. But it's still it's still a good vocal. It's just not. Yeah, he, it's just he, not Van Halen one down and two, right? He ends so. up, yeah, he ends up croaking it out there. But I mean, for the most part, for me, the whole thing works together. So it's like I can let that go. Yeah, you're right. There are definitely those notes he can't get anymore. But for the most part, yeah. the swagger, the feel, the lyrics, just like yeah. you said, those those spots where he chooses to accentuate something or drop it down or take it to an unexpected place, that's classic Dave. You know, yeah. So when he sta- if, when he croak. stays in his lane, he yeah. still sounds great. He stays yeah. in his lane. 
There's an opera singer that broke down Dave's vocals. He did, he did, she did right now and she did Hot for Teacher. I would suggest looking that up. We put it up. And it's just interesting to hear an opera singer um, complimenting Dave, you know, yeah. on just how he sings. He, she wasn't concerned with the notes that he's reaching. It's just how he delivered them. I know, I know who you're talking about, Eric. You know, I've, I've seen that. She's, I know yeah, who you're right. talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. She also really ripped cool. Alex, she also ripped Alex, Axel Rose a new one. Did she? <laughs> For his last performance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, uh, the charismatic voice is who you're yes. talking about. Yep. Yep. That's it. Alex, wow! Yeah. Like, oh my God, he's he's a force on this this thing. Ooh, yeah. Right. Especially in the headphones, right? Bump, 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 yeah. just like that. <laughs> he's going. He's, he's going complete, complete yes. boogie mode here. Complete yeah. boogie, Alex. Yeah. 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 This is a band that always had a really tight rhythm section, and it's a big deal to change a bass player to change one component of rhythm section. That's a big deal. But to get to get this kid in, who was yeah. how old was Wolf when he did this? Seventeen, sixteen. How old was he? Uh, was it 2015? This was yeah, the yeah. album. It's insane. 11, 11 years ago. He'd be so in his 20s because he was born in 91. And then it, this is right, 2012. Right. So he'd oh, be in okay. his 20s. He's, yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking of when he was, yeah, when he went on tour with him before the album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even though he, he was still in high school when he toured with them. Yeah, even yeah. at that, I mean, it's 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 crazy to be, and okay, it's his uncle, and he's, he's been around his uncle and his dad for years and years, but that's a different thing jamming out in your basement or in the 5150 studio than getting up on stage in front of 12, 15, 20,000 people and having to do it live under pressure, you know, and obviously this is in the studio, but I've, I've heard live versions of this song that sound fantastic musically, because yeah. can play. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Dave just yeah. could not do no. it live. No. no, not this one. Could nope. not do it. Nope. Yeah. You just ignore that. Just don't, you know, you, you do, use fader.com, take the stems, and just listen to the instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of room to breathe. Like the, it, he, the way the lyrics are spit out of right. this. Oh, it's know, a tough yeah. one. It yeah. Great, yeah. Live, it's tough. It's a tough By the one. way, the rhythm guitar we got to also mention too. Eddie yes. is a rhythm mm-hmm. guitarist. Oh, hell oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, and even mm-hmm. when he's going, the pinch harmonics and he's yeah. playing the rhythm in there, right? It's just like, oh my Eat God. your heart out, Zach Wild. Yeah. So this is that. Well, this is that idea that you could like kind of feel what he's talking about. Like when he he would want to stand in front of his speaker so that the hair would stand up on his arms. It's because yeah. he could so he could get that sound on tape, you know, just like that. Oh my God, this guitar is just like on the verge of just exploding. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. That's cool. Love and I just remember time. I just I remember just th- I, every time I would listen to this album when it came out, I'm like, I'm hearing Dave and Eddie together again, man. I can't yes, fucking yes. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it was oh yeah. Never thought it'd happen. Hell yeah, yes, and I was I was living in Pasadena when this came out, so I was oh, in really cool. Oh hell yes, oh, oh man. yeah, it was like hey, yeah, home. cool man. Yeah. yeah, that's where Halloween was filmed. By the way, we mentioned John Carpenter, <laughs> Pasadena. <laughs> so I so on the on the rhythm part, rhythm guitar part, notice that the first half of those phrases, Wolfie is doing basically rhythm bass yes. underneath it, like he's mm-hmm. he's, yep. he's mirroring yep. that, and then yes. then they diverge yes. in the second half of of each of those phrases. Yeah. But yeah, Wolfie's right on top of it as well. 
Great arrangement, Mag- eh? That's really good composition. That's you know because you sit down and you work through those things, and that's a deliberate thing. Oh, well, you play this bit here, but don't do it in the second half because then you get a bit of movement in it, and you just get a bit of some dynamics in there. Yeah, it's super cool. And we haven't even gotten to Eddie's solo yet. The best part, <laughs> we Let's haven't even gotten hand. there. Here we go. The symbols. Yeah. Ryan had his hand up there, I think. You're on mute. You're, Sorry, you're on mute. I was yeah, stretch, but, but yeah, um, the, the chorus, it's it's a call and response, but it's between, you know, basically Ed and Dave on the first half and then Al and Wolfie responding. Welcome to Chinatown. And then Al and Wolfie are going boom, 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 boom. And that yeah. second half, like, that's where, like, you know, Al and Wolf are, like, totally lockstep, just boom, 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 boom. And and so then it's just Ed setting up with with Dave on the first half. And it's just really interesting, the dynamism between those two, kind of, how, how they trade off. You know, think- um, uh, d- just to pick up on, I'm sorry, but just to pick up on uh, Wolfie, you know, I can only uh, imagine, like, uh, Wolfie, when he was doing that 07 tour, when he was still in high school, you know, people around the kids around him were like, Hey, uh, yeah. where, are you, where, where are you doing right now? Or what are you going to do after you graduate <laughs> high school? Oh, I'm going to be touring with Vanny Owen. I don't know. <laughs> touring with Vanny Owen. <laughs> but, you um, know, yeah, that's um, funny. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, I, I thought I had something else. Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to, well, I was going to come in with, we didn't, we haven't really talked about how he's using the wah pedal all over this. Yeah, that, so, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. So yeah. And, and just, man, Eddie Van Halen screaming with one, one of those things. I mean, come on. It's just insane. Oh, I remember. I remember what I was going to say. I'm sorry. But every time I hear the song, I can't, I can't help but think of that. Um, uh, did they do like a little, uh, uh, um, I forgot what it's called, but they did like a little concert uh, somewhere. I, I forgot what it was, but uh, okay, whenever they got into the, I, I forgot what it was, but if you look it up, um, I, I'm sorry, but I, I can't remember what it's called. But it's when that was uh, Dave's uncle Manny's club, Cafe Y. You're talking about the, when they? No, I don't the think it, it was. A, I don't think it was Cafe Y. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but it's the okay. one where um, whenever they get into the second verse, uh, uh, um, Dave goes to Wolf and he he does his trademark. I forgot the fucking words. Quickly to the chorus and go yes, away or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I know. I I don't I don't know. I I know that's classic, Dave. It's and it you is. know it's classic, Dave. I never get tired of it. It still makes I me love, laugh regardless. Yeah. But I forgot what it was though, because they did like uh uh I think it was like I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was like a release party kind of deal or something like that. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Take me to the chorus. Take me to the chorus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what and, it's called though. And then uh was it on the the O three tour? There's one video. I think it was that yeah, when he was in Hartford where when I went to see him, he's like they were doing the harmonies in the background. He's like like a band of fucking angels. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that yeah. was the one where he was like doing the Jack Daniels like like fucking unsuspecting female. <laughs> fucking that dude. hasn't aged well, hey. <laughs> there, and then, there, 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 no, it has not. And then there's one. It's on YouTube. It's from Hartford, and there was like some some fan in the audience was giving him a hard time, or he was just making it up. But he was like, 
he was he was giving him a hard time. He's he's like, you know, your girlfriend's right. You are irritating. <laughs> and, and, and the band kept playing, and, and and then they're about to get back to the song. He's like, well, hold on, I'm not done with this motherfucker yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's Hartford, great. 2003. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's a live uh, at the LA LA Forum is what I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh, okay, live at LA, LA Forum. Forum. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> on on an album this is it's so cool that this was if eddie had to be gone and this is his last album it's so great that it was this scorching of a of, of a record guitar wise thank god much, yeah. and, much and, and yes. I mean, out of out of a, a, the whole album he's he's amazing on it and this has got to be one of the strongest guitar tracks i think or 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 yep. or, or maybe you. the yeah. strongest you know i'm, I'm with you yeah Amen. i'm with you could have ended ugly, man. You can sum that solo. You can sum that solo up in one word: filth. It's just <laughs> filth. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Like you listen to that and you think, "Holy shit!" This sounds like it does. It sounds like Van Halen one, Van Halen two. Are you ready? He's like just ripping the stars out of the sky and burning the fucking city down with it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, and you've seen those mind. videos where he he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make it sound like a horse, and now I'm gonna make it sound like it." Right. <laughs> yeah. like, that stuff in this one, right? He's actually losing it. Yeah. The horse Wee! Right? Yeah. It was crazy, man. Just well, squeals. squeals. Oh. I, I love how um, I mean, Al always it's something that Al likes to do in the middle of the solo is to kind of go into double time as you as you get toward the end of the song. And he does that on this, but I mean it's so fast it's harder to notice. But I was just noticing that that Wolfie is doing that too. Like rather, like he has the the eighth note bass line, the da -da 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 -da, just like that, that's strumming. And then yeah. he goes into 16th notes. He literally is doing it twice as fast as he gets closer to the end, and then goes up and not another octave where he does that in unison with Ed. Boom. Like it's just that, that yeah. kid is crazy. I love how he kind of follows in Al's footsteps in this with like, we're going to up the ante on the solo as as Ed's tearing it up. Yep. Well, it's like Corey, Corey always says when they're talking about these things, or Mark always says that, you know, Al's sitting there and and in this case, you've got Wolfie too thinking, oh yeah, Eddie. Okay, well, we, we got a couple of tricks up our, up our <laughs> sleeve as well. We can throw a little bit of uh, speed into here, you know. What do you think, Michael? Great solo? Really good, really good. Yeah. Enjoyed it, loving it. It's a great album. I remember putting the pre-order on this one from iTunes and still have access to it. Thank, uh, thank the Lord is all I cool. can say. It's such <laughs> a great album. This is why people should buy music. Don't just stream. Buy music. It's important. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to grab something cool for you guys, too, that I got when I was working in radio. Keep, keep going. I'll be right back. Yeah, I think I've got a thing called an iPod that's got this on it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Beautiful. Ooh, Unbeautiful. Face melting. Face ah, God. Both of them shredding the shit out of that. <laughs> oh, and, my and God. And the, uh, the, the speed from the solo carries on into that final chorus there. That's yeah, so great. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just this epic crescendo into you because that's what you want, right? You want it to build and then go out on a on a bang. I was just going to bring, you know, this has been a bit of a loving, and we've had mainly positive things to say here, and we're going to vote pretty soon, but this is not a necessarily criticism. I love the energy of the verse, and I think the Welcome to Charge and the chorus bit, that pre-chorus, it almost, for me, takes me a little bit out of the mood, and it throws back. It sounds, the pre-chorus sounds a bit more like 5150 era than it does sort of early Van Halen, which everything else is. So I, that's the only bit of this song that I get. I think, oh, I think that could have been... Just to it because it drops, it drops into that minor, and it's this weird space where it does push back up into the chorus. But I've never that's the thing, that's one thing about this song that's never quite sat right. I mean, I'm not 100% not sure I'm articulating that very well. You um, are a thief of joy, <laughs> hey, no, one of us has got to be Corey and Mark are not here. <laughs> so I, I almost, I almost think that they did that as a means of kind of having that chromatic ascending line leading into the chorus, right? Um, kind of like they do an aftershock. Um, like, which is a great, great thing. But in Aftershock, that had room to breathe. Like, yeah. it, it had room to kind of establish this is this, this is the stopping intensity as we go leading right. into it. Whereas in this case, it's just so fast that it just kind of switches to that and then kind of switches back to where it doesn't have time to breathe there. So I can kind of see what you're saying, Gavin. Yeah. Love Aftershock. Yeah, this is like, it's hyperkinetic. This, this song almost reminds me of like a, a, a friggin' drugged out, um, like uh, like crime noir, you know, like kind of like a really spacey thing, man, where, you know, there's a lot of really kinetic drugs involved. I can see this coming out of Roth's time in New York City and, and when he's probably experimenting with shit. Uh, Correct, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just nuts. I was down in Chinatown. Okay. Oh, we went down the Chinatown. Wait, yeah, right. Do the yeah. face. You're good with the faces. What I need to do is I wanted to. I'm gonna, I went to Washington Park. Play the video. I'm going to play the video back and get a screenshot of Eric doing that, and that's the next T-shirt on the source. <laughs> it's it, it's intrinsic to the lyrics. Okay. All right. Follow. You follow. So when you put that on a t-shirt and sell it. <laughs> hey, real quick. So check it out. You guys know Ramses Rios? He did those animated videos, the Dave animated oh, yeah. videos? Yes. So to thank us for putting his videos on VHND, he made his own David Lee Funko. Nice. No way. No, I, oh, he's, oh. The hat's falling off. Hold on. He's got, the hat's falling. Yeah, he's, and he's got this wow, sparkling that ever cool? shoes. Nice. Sparkling shoes. So that's a little Diamond Dave Funko. So thanks, Ramses. But then also, is this awesome. is new in the Van Halen store. So where are we going? Oh, my God. Here we go. There he is. <laughs> Slide earlier. Van but Halen one. Yeah, these are the cool things yep. from radio. By the way, of course, I have my copy of the remasters. Uh -huh. That's a very small uh, vinyl that you've got That's there. the CD. That's oh, yeah. the CD. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And, and Jeff said, do you want vinyl or CD? I'm like, well, I'll take CD because my vinyl player doesn't work. So I probably should have. Ah. Yeah, this is the this is the promo single for Stay Frosty. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, oh hell cool. yeah! So that was sent to our radio station, and I don't know if you can see it. Is it too glary? I don't know. I can't. It's a little bit yeah. shimmery. Yeah, yeah it's it shimmery, is, yeah. shimmery. Here's tattoo. This is a little duller, so maybe you can see it, but that's tattoo. Yeah, you're right. We can't. Well, that cool. was what they would send out 
and then it says uh from the new album a different kind of truth available everywhere 2712 and then it's got the website that uh, never gets updated van-halen.com <laughs> <laughs> probably still got the latest album different kind of truth I, right i yeah. did i did love that rainbow glare on the discs though yeah. it did look pretty but it's still cool. glaring though a little glary anyway okay. all right where were we? okay sorry well where we are is we on this show you know we do do a thumbs up thumbs down oh yeah 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 so i'm gonna ask you but i'm pretty sure i think I'm, I'm comfortable saying that we can all vote together here um and if there are, is any dissenting opinion then i'll call i'll highlight it but is this song what dreams are made of or is the dream over Heath. <laughs> was that a little special effect we got there, Heath? What happened? Fireworks went up behind you, man. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Weird. What happened? Is that a little bit of Corey know. production there, there were, maybe? I don't I don't know if that's uh, Corey uh, doing his wizardry, but there were fireworks in the back behind Heath's screen. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's uh, Apple's gift to you. It, it, it now throws us in for free. Yeah. Wait, yeah. guys, guys, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Corey says that wasn't him. Oh, oh no, it's Apple. It wasn't no. Ethan, it wasn't Corey. No, this Ryan's is... right. No, oh, Ryan's really? right. Yeah. And like you can do this, like if you do a thumbs up enough times, it'll give you a thumbs up emoji will pop up. And oh, that's not great. That's not great. It's, it's doing stuff. that to you too, Chaz. It just, yeah, you're, there you you're go. just darkened. It just did. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forget. For, sorry, sorry, Corey. Forget I said like that. A, yeah, was it was like a weird. lightning bolt in your Cheerios. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in Washington Square Park. It looked okay. like a bag of tobacco. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's, no, it's supposed to be mushrooms. Mushrooms for oh my pizza. My God. <laughs> oh my God. The Ross okay. Show. And again, just to be the, just to be the, the because someone's got to be the, the fly in the ointment. I said, the only thing, because I, I was asking you guys earlier about whether you love this album. I don't love the production on this album. I find Why? the bottom. I, I just oh, I've heard that before. Is, I just find yeah. the bottom end a bit. It's, it's muddy's a bit too strong of Kevin, a word. Kevin, get the hell out. Get out. Come on. Go. Of all You're the out. Van Halen records where you can actually hear the bass. I mean, you I can know, actually hear just, the bass. It's on. funny, it's Chaz. I've heard that criticism before, and I was like, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the me, bottom end is just the something about blend. it. Yeah, I, yeah. It's this long, one and three. Yeah. I will say, I, I think maybe, <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure, it's it's good to hear Wolfie's bass, but maybe maybe a bit too bass heavy, a little is bit. Is it too dry, maybe a little too, uh, really? Maybe, maybe it could have been I don't, just, maybe I, just I, pushed, maybe pushed down just a little bit. Push back. Yeah, if, you, if you're comparing Dave Eras, right, if you think about the way this sounds and the way that one and two sound, or even you know, 1994, there's a big difference in production between oh, those. Like there's so, yes. there's so much more separation in the sound, in the frequencies on those early albums than there is on this one. It's very okay. it's very cluttered in parts, in places for me. Well, and that's for obvious reasons. Yeah, John Shanks produced this, but Ted Templeman had a certain magic, certain yeah. him yeah, and, and Landy, and the location was Sunset Sound. So, because even 1984 doesn't sound, you know, like... And Diver Down, I think it was only Pretty Woman that was at Sunset Sound. The rest was, where was it? Well, the rest was uh, somewhere else in the area. I can't recall. We could look it up. It was at another studio. But anyway, so the first four albums sound, those are the best sounding albums, and those are all Sunset Sound Studios, and that's with Landy and Templeman. 
Mm-hmm. And do you guys remember when Sammy was doing his last album and he called on Templeman to help get yep. that perfect harmony yep. sound with Mike? Background. Like, what did you do? You know, what did you do? So a lot of it is just how they set up everything in the studio and all that, but just the location, all that stuff. But yeah, John yeah. Shanks is the one that produced Different I, I Kind of Truth. It's a Henson. matter of uh, it's a matter of modern, um, just the modern recording sound too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. It's yeah. a Pro Tools. Yeah, it's like a Pro Tools sound. You know, Plus, it's very were clean. we still in the Sound Wars era? That was the thing with Metallica. Um, everybody was just pushing the the volume yeah. to the limit. Yeah, Sound Wars were like you know, the louder you can get it to sound, the the more it'll stand yeah. out when it's played on the radio and. Chris L talks about it sometimes. I'm not enough of a techie guy to understand it really, but Chris L talks about it on Pod of Thunder and it he talks yeah. about compression or something he's talking yeah. about. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, it's you, basically like the, if you basically the, the the quiets are closer in volume to the louds so that it gives it a fuller sound. Yes. Because it never gets too quiet and you 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 keep it like in this big pocket. But the problem is like the difference is then you don't have the the soft like you don't have the huge range between loud and soft yeah it's compressing yeah. like the overall range so it sounds fuller um there's actually a similar criticism on the that new beatles track that came out recently oh yeah is that a big thing now and then is that it was very compressed in that same way where it's just all loud and you don't have the dynamism of space absolutely of, of breath between right. things mm-hmm. for it to breathe because if you were to look at if you were to put an mp3 <clears throat> on your computer it's just like one big block right like this Whereas yeah, all big, the older stuff has like, got some nice yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean if you, and again as a highlight for that i think if you go back to dive it down which again is not my favorite Van Halen album but the, it's so crisp crisp and clear on that album you can yep. hear the snare change rattling yeah. like you can just you can hear that yes. like it's just everything's so it sounds like you're in the room yep. where this does it does have that modern production aesthetic and i think it's like I said, for me it's just been a bit it's just that one sort of detraction point, but right. not the, not that the songs. It doesn't affect the songs, but just the, the way they sound. So, all right, like, that wasn't huge. All right, yeah. You can start, uh, Erica Amigo Studios. What Amigo Studios? Yes, thank you. Yeah, Amigo Studios. Um, so, Pretty yeah. Woman was done at Sunset. Amigo, the rest. Right. Uh, to your to your point, Kevin, about the production. I mean, uh, my friends over at Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews podcast they they reviewed a different kind of truth back in 2021. Um, and, uh, one of the, uh, frequent guests who appeared on that show, his name was, uh, uh, he went by Seamus and he, he complained about the mix too. Cause I think he was, uh, like I said, I think maybe it was because it was a bit too bass heavy and also because it's not Ted Templeman and Landy, like uh, Eric said, not Templeman Landy, but, um, also not, um, not a uh, sunset sound or whatever the original six pack was. So, yeah. I mean, to your point though, Kevin, so yeah, yeah I was just. I was just so happy that the Van Halen tone was back that we talked about yes. before. Yes. That I was like, you know what? The rest yeah. of it, I never even thought about uh-huh. it. I was just so happy. Not going to get picky. <laughs> exactly. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Scott, yeah. Scott Askins in the chat, and he is a producer and has worked on a million different projects. And he says definitely yeah. yes on the compression. He's just agreeing with Ryan there. that you Because, you, you know, when you know what compression sounds like, yeah, a lot of those albums from that era – it's just you know, and the the the, the volume was like you say, Eric. Let's just get everything jacked. Where the fuck? I was funny because for a different project, I was listening to or watching. Sorry, the a year and a half in the life of Metallica, which is the band that you raised. And when you listen yep. to you know Metallica, Metallica, it's the same thing. It's just like wow, there's not a lot of sonic space on that record. No. And the other thing, just as a quick comment on that, have you guys? I'm assuming some of you guys have seen that. 
can you believe that Lars Ulrich let that movie go out, that documentary go out? Lars Ulrich does not come off as a... No, I doesn't know. It doesn't come out of that looking very good to me, so... You know. Right it to him, you know I mean? I guess he's yeah. putting it all out there. Right, another yeah, guy he, doesn't really have to... Doesn't have to guard himself. He's achieved yeah. everything he wants to achieve, right? Did you... So, a question on this then. Did, did any of you guys see this song played live on tour? Did they do this one much live? I'm no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they played it. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's oh. at like the first, the first. I think was it the first warm up show or whatever. That was when Dave had the he had the mic headset wearing the Sammy type thing. Sammy used to wear with a headset with a mic. Yeah, that that's that's what happened on that LA Forum show. That's like the yeah. first. Show. I want to say that's the first show that they did after uh, this album was released. Right, because um, it was on... the L- LA Forum show was on February eighth, and he had yeah. that. Um, Backstreet Boy boys headset mic kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got rid of that pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure they played it when I saw them uh, on the I guess 2012 tour. Would it have been? And and that was uh, in Calgary. I saw them, and I'm pretty sure they did Chinatown there. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, having a little plug for our uh, patron Discord here. If you go to our Discord, uh, I posted a, a live recording of uh, the show I went to in 2012. Uh, Chinatown mm-hmm. is up there. If you want to hear hey, the live recording, we yeah, about and it's yeah. it, it's on uh, it's on Tokyo Dome too. It's on side one. Yep, it's on Tokyo oh, you're Dome. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. I thought it was. I forget because I, I hate to say it. I skip over it because Dave's vocals. I, I you know that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's because they're very tight. That that's the positive to focus on in that. The music, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Musically, yeah, absolutely. But like I said earlier, Dave, uh, I think he's really trying to lean on Mikey with him trying to strain so many times. Right. That, that that may be it, because trying to lean on the whole Mikey thing, since, since Mikey's obviously nowhere to be found, he's leaning on it. Yeah, okay, well, you, you know, know. Kevin, uh, one, one thing I'll say, kind of bring it back to the Chinatown and, yeah. and the, the production and, and the, the bass heavy piece. I think of all the songs on this record, uh, on this album, this is the one song that really needs Wolfie to be a little bit more on the forefront. And it's not a big boomy sound in this. It's actually a pretty tight, um, you know, a, a pretty um, kind of compact sound that that lets Wolfie kind of shine with some of this, like, you know, detail work, mm-hmm. if you will, more of that technical stuff. So, you know, the fact that he's kind of parallel in, in the mix with, with Ed as they're sort of, uh, you know, he's shredding up the scale while Ed's shredding down the scale and kind of doing these like dueling, uh, dueling guitars kind of thing. I think we're, yeah. It works on the song, probably more so than than the same mix on some of the other songs on the album. Yeah. Well, you know what, Corey? Can I get some prices right music? Let's do it. Let's get some prices right music going on, and we can ask these fine people how many times they think Chinatown was played live. So get your thinking caps on. Um, I will tell you that Van Halen played seventeen hundred and ninety eight shows. So you can that's, that's your that's your sort of your benchmark for how many times something might have been played. Yeah. Where my producer at? Oh. You motherfucker! Oh boy! Yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I'll defend this song too. This is a good one. Corey, I, wanna, I hate you. I'm, I'm watching Kevin closely as this <laughs> song gets played. He's like, I wish he would play the good. Wait, yeah, I was gonna girls, say, not that one. The, the rope is coming as in out. February. He's got gasoline. <laughs> What's he doing? He's got a lighter. Look out! See, now, luckily, we're on Zoom, so if we all keep talking, what it'll do is that Zoom will drop the the audio volume of the music out, and we could, we don't have to listen to it. So. There we uh, go. David. 
How many times do you think Johnny Town was played live? Oh boy, it was only during this particular. Let me see. Uh, man, uh, I will guess. As much as I really want to say one dollar, just a cheap, just a cheat, but you know, <laughs> I've if I were to guess an estimate, I'll probably say maybe, maybe a good, maybe a good twenty-five times. Hmm. Twenty-five. Okay, Michael, what about you? Higher or lower? Limited. How many times did you say? Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna go with seventeen. I think they were limited on how many Seven, times Dave. Seventeen. One seven. Okay. One seven. Jazz, what do you got, dude? Oh, 38. 38. Well, we're all in the same sort of ballpark. Ryan, are you going to sort of break out and go a little bit wilder? or? Uh, I'm I'm going to go uh, 45. 45. We've got eight from Scott Haskin in the chats. Scott Monroe, what's your guess? I think it was a mainstay during the 2012 tour. I'm going to say 51. 51, specific. Heath, you got this. This is small, small margins here. 40. 40. Okay. I'm throwing over to the only Van, Hel- Van Halen expert on the panel, Eric Sennett. So if you don't uh, get it right, dude, I mean, this is on the line here. Turn in your expert card. Dave's publicist yes. will be calling. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lowball. I'll go with 10. 10. Okay. Well, it may surprise you that no one went over. The winner on 51. Scott Monroe because Chinatown was played 91 times. What? Yeah. No way. Wow. 2012, 2013, and 2015. Yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't think they played it in 15. Yeah, I thought Mm. they dropped it by then. I was going to say they dropped it. Yeah. 33 times. 33 times in 2015. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Hmm. I thought they would just only bust that out like every now and then because that's not like that's not one of the bigger songs though. Right. Well, but you know what? I I have seen video of Eddie and Wolfie going at it with that riff. I've seen yeah. live, I've seen them going back and forth. So maybe that yeah, was just and like rehearsals. It's a stuff. good concert yeah. song. That that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think, they yeah. Did it for them. I think it was it was a song that they loved the that Van Halen's love doing. And I think, I think you're probably I, I think right. Probably Dave yeah, did yeah, yes, like, yes. play it regardless, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, right, yeah. Yeah. I just want to read out for you guys. Chinatown, okay. <laughs> Just going to read out quickly for you the last time that this was played in a set. Listen, listen to this set list. Open, opening song, Light at the Sky, Running with the Devil, Romeo Delight, Everybody Wants Some, Drop Dead Legs, Feel Your Love Tonight, Somebody Get Me a Doctor, She's the Woman, Chinatown, I'll Wait, Drum Solo, Little Guitars, Dance the Night Away with the Jamie's Crying Snippet, Beautiful Girls, Women in Love, Hot for Teacher, In a Simple Rhyme, Dirty Movies, Ice Cream Man, Unchained, Ain't Talking About Love, Guitar Solo, You Really Got Me, Panama, jump i mean that's it that's as good a greatest hits record as you're gonna get right there right yeah. good gravy i loved uh, when they did out of love again uh, oh yeah i mean want to bet that uh yeah, they did bust that out a few times during yeah. that, yeah. that yeah. amazing but you know i mean it's like this one. i was gonna say about the whole out of love again thing it's like that's a complete workout for al that is he's, yeah. he burned he burned oh like, yes he burned a thousand calories on that performance and you know, but then again, I guess he does that for Hot for Teacher too. Except he doesn't do the whole um, like the revving of the engine intro that he used to do. Yeah, they yeah. just go right right into the uh, uh, snare and then tapping solo. He didn't do that anymore. I don't think. Tom, Tommy Lee was saying he's the same weight as he was in high school, and it's like because he's fucking burning calories every night playing drums. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> you know, performances like that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 
that and banging broads every night. I'm sure that burns yes. calories too. But... <laughs> Not the way I do it, Eric. <laughs> hey, Chaz, by the efficiency. Way, Getty's new book. Did you get it? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My F in life. Yes, yep, sir. Yep. Yep. And he talked about Neil Peart in a few interviews recently, man. He got choked up. Oh, yeah. He got, he, he had to gather himself for that one. He got, yeah. he got the email from Neil Peart. From he just short and sweet to him and Alex. I didn't. That's that's the interesting thing. How everybody you know refers to Alex Van Halen as Al every now and then. He referred to Alex Life Lifeson as Al. He was called. Yeah. He called him Al. No. Yeah, yeah. That's he got, always he calls him Al, and yeah, yeah. That those stories and and how that that there was um even the revelation that there was a little bit of uh resentment, at, resentment. that Getty was feeling yes. right because with the ending of the band and even even being empathetic toward the, the the fact that Neil was you know saying very actively that you know he just couldn't play as athletically as he used to and he really couldn't deliver the performance that he did. Yep. But, you know they all oh, kind of felt you? like well you could still go out and play these songs though you just don't need to do it that you know hard. Yeah. And, Neil wouldn't and then, do that. And then what did he? What did he say? Uh, that uh, Neil Peart became like a what was he co like a coach or something like a high school coach or was something that he was oh, doing. Oh, he was doing his, stuff with his with his kid. His yeah, kid. So, it was something. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, just living a normal life, volunteering at the school, and just that's having a normal was. life, and that started to soften him. And then, <laughs> and then you know, so they started. You know, I guess their relationship started mending again, and then. Uh, uh, they got the news and it was, yeah, from that point forward at all, any type of resentment, you know, dripped away and they were all together. And it sounds like he's going to be even sharing even more about those last, uh, you know, visits and, and chats. And so, yeah, it's very touching stuff. Yeah, he's trying to get Al to, to get out on tour, but well, this is what we were of... talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before you came in, they, okay. they got to meet Paul McCartney and McCartney was the yeah, one. That's a great now. story. Right. Exactly. You got to get out and tour, man. It's who you this are. This is what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. yeah you, your Dave voice is better, Eric. <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> okay. Got to get yeah. out there and tour. Actually, with David, you got to you got to just not tour at all. Just yeah. do a few corporate gigs. <laughs> yeah, and then put it all on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a weird guy. <laughs> I don't know, but every time uh, I hear him do that Chester Cat smile, it's like you're going to be in for something funny at any <laughs> second. I, I can't help it. Every time I, I just can't help but smile every time, and yeah. even Eric when he does it. <laughs> I think it's called cocaine jaw, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's cocaine. It's absolutely cocaine. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, oh, listen, guys, I, th thanks so much for everyone jumping in. I know that Corey had to do a real sort of a quick sort of pivot this week. You know, Mark, Kamaya, we should all, you know, maybe this is my audition tape for this job. <laughs> maybe we'll have think... to do, maybe we'll maybe we could do a draft between the people who are on yeah. here. Maybe maybe Mark's out, you know, maybe he's dropped the ball too one too many times. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see if he comes back. I don't back. know, man. This could be like a Leno Letterman type of thing. Could get real ugly. I maybe I know. could switch between no. maybe him and I could switch between who's gonna be the uh lone millennial for the show. <laughs> you know? Can I can yeah, I we're be your Andy old. Richter? <laughs> Kevin, I'll be your Andy Richter. I'll just sit there. Oh who's, wait, who's gonna be Ed? Oh, <laughs> who who's the who's the oldest on the call? Because if I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna say it's Chaz. Oh shit! <laughs> you might be right. Oh, you might be any, right. So by show of hands, who's hit the big five all? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got, yeah. A, we got oh, a few. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Ryan and Scott are the babies, and David. You know, I mean, an embryo on top right there, on top left. So. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome guys. Well, hey, again, so thanks so much for jumping on and helping Corey out here. Um, we'll just we'll just wrap up. Um, don't forget that 
you know, there is merch on the store. And we've sort of, you know, I've done some of it and Corey's done some of it and it's it's all there. So it, the Christmas season is coming. So for those special people in your life, get them an Apologies to Gary t-shirt because we need to get these things circulating just in case they ever go to an extreme concert. Um, on behalf of myself, um, and then we've got uh, Nate was on earlier and had to drop out. David Lee, Michael, Chaz, Ryan, Scott, Herrick, Herrick, Eric and Heath. So Eric and Heath, I think I just made you like... Um, Eric. Uh, ben- Benifer, Eric. or you know, you're sort of you're a couple now. That's another shirt. That's another shirt. There you go. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a famous couple. Is like a... Eric McFinnish. <laughs> <laughs> da- Daffy Duck would have said it like that with his speech oh impediment. My God. You know, Eric, Eric, Eric McFinnish. Eric. That's what that's what you get when you rush people. That's what you get when you rush. It was like the famous couples like Ben Affleck and J Lo. They get like one name. Yeah. <laughs> so this again, special bonus episode. Um, and we'll wait for the safe return of Mark Kamara because I, I tell you honestly, trying to wrangle you all crazy fucking people and trying to get everyone on track. It's harder than it looks. Mark does a brilliant job of doing that. Um, we are, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later. 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 Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.